Mostly Harmless is brought to you by Soundcheck at Illegal Pete's. Burritos, buddies, and beer. These are the key ingredients to the perfect pre-show ritual. Take advantage of Soundcheck at Illegal Pete's by bringing in your same-day concert ticket. Purchase an adult entree, and we will give you a free draft beer or fountain drink at any of our six locations. Please visit IllegalPete's.com for more information. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Most Ahamas Podcast. I'm your host, Damon Damien. All right, buddies. This week, we bring you a very special episode because this week, we bring to you The Wild. Now, The Wild are a band from Atlanta, Georgia, and parts unknown. They're kind of based all over the country, so to speak. And uh, me and my good buddy, Mr. Sean Kennedy, we drove all the way up to uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, to see them play at the Aggie Theater on January 13th. It was a Monday. It was a packed Monday for the Aggie Theater. Aggie Theater, of course, has lost its liquor license. There's no booze, but it's okay because there's nothing but, like, underage kitties there i was seriously one of the oldest people by uh, by a long shot but that's okay because those kids were there enjoying the show i was there enjoying the show it was all fun it was all in good fun buddies i apologize i'm not feeling too hot tonight um so i'm gonna try to make this interview uh intro short and sweet if i pull up, up a couple words or whatnot i apologize it's just because i don't i don't know i felt great all day and now i just feel worn out and worn down maybe maybe it's because i had too great a day buddies uh but enough about me let's talk about the wild now i first came in contact with the wild they were opening up for andrew jackson jihad in colorado springs colorado they were playing the venue i would go on to work at a week later i got anyway i got hired at the black sheep in colorado springs a week after this show i left there earlier in 2013 but hey that's all good. It's all good, buddies. Uh, they blew me away. Excellent show. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute, so I don't know why I'm talking about it now. Um, they put out one of my favorite records of 2013. It was criminally underrated. Like, I was super surprised that it didn't make any of the top ten lists. They were like the substantial punk rock, indie rock, folk, whatever you want to call it, top ten list of 2013. The album was recorded, of course, by Laura Jane Grace, who you all know is the front uh, person of Against Me. Uh, they were working on this album as she came out very publicly about her uh, gender reassignment and uh, whatnot, what have you. And so this album kind of kind of ties into that. We talk a little bit about that today, but we try not to make that the focus of anything. Um, really great interview. Uh, we did this in the backstage at the Aggie Theater. And the guys from You Blew It and the Front Bottoms were hanging out. And the Front Bottoms were about to go on stage as this interview was taking place. You Blew It was coming off stage. There was a great energy in the air. And I think we got a really good interview out of it. Although we get really deep and personal with Wit, Diana, and Dakota from The Wild. And I kind of think if we had gotten to a little bit more private or personal uh, space, we probably could have got even deeper and personal talking about life, the universe, death everything else but i'm super happy with this week's episode super stoked on it um 
Hopefully you are too. Next week we're going to throw up our interview with the Front Bottoms. Super great interview. My friend Sean sat in on it and said it was it was funny. He he enjoyed listening to it in person. So uh, that's going to go up next week. I wanted to put this episode up first, not because the Wild is a lesser band, but because I hopefully next week we'll bring in a surge of people to check out the show, and then they'll check out the Wild interview. Whereas I think if we did it the other way around, it wouldn't work out right the same so come back next week we've got the front bottoms we're going to have some live tracks on that episode uh no live tracks on this episode just i forgot to turn my damn tape recorder on when the wild was playing so i skipped that so um we're going to get to that in a minute first off i'd like to thank our sponsor illegal pete's um, check them out. Sound check at Illegal Pete's. Bring in your same day concert stub to any Illegal Pete's in Boulder or Denver, and you'll get a free beverage of your choice with purchase of an adult entree. And now, while they're not our sponsor, have you guys tried out Uber yet? Uber is, of course, the um, it's the black car service that you can get instead of a cab. Um, it works wonderfully. You just download the Uber app, and on your phone, you order a car. You you can uh, pick the price right then and there. The car will come pick you up, and it's a super awesome black car. Uh, it's a town car or a, a suburban, and then I've seen a couple others, but those are most common are a black town car or suburban. And these are like the guys who drive around, you know, NBA players, football players, whatnot. They drive these guys around, and when they're not driving them around, they're just sitting there. So with Uber, you get to use utilize these cars sitting around in your neighborhoods to drive you home from the bar, drive you to the bar, drive you to the movies take you out on a date with your lady friend there um it rules it's my new favorite service i use it all the time and this is how you can help mostly harmless i'm not asking for money all i'm asking you to do is go to the uber app download it put it on your phone sign up with my code which is p0cci and i'll get a i'll get a few bucks i'll get a few credits that i can use to get to shows do interviews and whatnot so i don't have to worry about drinking and driving have my buddies drink and drive how cool is that and guess what when you sign up for uber you get a 20 dollars of credit for your first free ride and uh 20 bucks especially in denver i don't know where you guys live around the country but 20 bucks goes a long way if they don't have uber in your town it's okay you can still sign up i still get uh, a little bit of credit there and I, I love you for it, buddies. Uh, so visit MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com. Click on the banner ad for Uber. Sign up. I get a little kickback. You'll get some kickbacks. It's all good to go. And while you're at MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com, please make sure to like us on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, and uh, why don't you uh, write me a little email and tell me if you like the show or not. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you want to see done. Oddly enough, we have almost, uh, we're getting close to 1,000 listeners per episode, and I still, I get such little feedback. I'm awful at replying at these feedbacks. Please. Send me some feedback. Send me some love. Uh, so let's uh, go ahead and uh, kick off today's ep- interview with uh, The Wild with a song from their newest album, Dreams or Maps. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a little bit of a cop-out, but this is the first song off the record. But it's it's such a great song. It's a, such a great introduction to this folk punk indie rock band um, that I, I have to play it. And this song gets stuck in my head so much. Uh, but this is the first song off Dreams or Maps out now on Asian Man Records. Uh, it's called There's a Darkness, But There's Also a Light. I used to kill myself to feel like I was alive But since I lost you, friend, I learned it was a lie All those walls we 
played at the Black Sheep of Colorado Springs a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah. I ended up starting like two or three days later at that venue, but I was at you guys' show, and uh, I, you guys were fucking great. The whole show was great. It's a little blurry because I was drinking free beers all night long, but yeah. I remember just being like, fucking like this band. You guys call me if you ever come no, to town. We had a great time at that show, man. Um, 
we were on the road with Andrew Jackson Jihad yeah. and uh, you know every night of that I think the night before that show we were we were in Casper Wyoming playing at the VFW <laughs> hall yeah. to like 12 people and, there was a uh, band with a cool light box though yeah they had a cool light box but then we uh, hit Colorado Springs and like you know you saw all the kids waiting outside yeah. and it was just like a really cool feeling and uh, I, I specifically remember that being one of the first like big shows that we did that I was like man this is really yeah. fun you know and, and what I remember about you guys was that your first night with Andrew Jackson Jihad or one it of the like first the third or yeah. Night with them. I just remember you guys being like, holy shit, we can't play- believe we played for that many people. Yeah. And, no. <laughs> and, and it's not that Andrew Jackson Jihad has that big a pull in Colorado Springs. It's that so many people came down from Denver because he has, they have that big a pull. Right. So yeah. it was, and I've still yet to get him or them. I keep wanting to call those Sean. guys the one, <laughs> the one thing, but Sean sorry. Jackson, yeah. Jihad. So as that works. Um, so, so this is just conversation, just like we're already having. So I just like to give people heads up. I, I, I try to treat it as like a first date between, you know, the group of us. <laughs> Me just getting to know you guys, seeing if I like you. I like your beard. Oh, thanks. I uh, like your buzz. Scrubs. Scrubs. My peach buzz. Yeah. Um, so I, I like to do a lot of research, and I found that typing in the Wild Atlanta interview doesn't doesn't bring up a lot of research on you guys. It no. brings up a lot of wild, crazy happenings in Atlanta. Yeah, I think there's a radio station called The Wild yeah. or some yeah. shit like that. Yeah, you yeah. Know? The Wild was, uh, you know, uh, I thought it was a cool band name. I still think it's a cool band name, but as far as, like, uh, Google search, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uniqueness, it's definitely yeah. not. The SEO yeah. is way down. Search in That's all right. Yeah. I, li- I like how you, like... Every website is says the, uh, the wild parentheses Atlanta to kind of well, differentiate. The Disney so. movie, uh, oh, The yeah. Wild, kind of took just the wild, everything just the wild. You know what I mean? So we kind of had to do that uh, with the ATL. Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Atlanta. You guys are live in Atlanta right now, currently, right? Correct. No. No, we all live all <laughs> over the place, man. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. I so didn't know that. The band is from Atlanta, and that's definitely like our home town as okay. a band but um diana and i live in san francisco oh, okay um she got a scholarship to finish school out there so we moved Congrats. out uh, a couple years ago and uh dakota is living in greenville south carolina uh, with some friends and steve kind of travels back and forth all over the place um but yeah Hey, you guys mentioned Denver in the bio too. On, we, at one point, we had a bass oh, player from Denver, but uh, gotta update that man. <laughs> um, so, so you guys come from all over the country and are living all over the country. What got what brought you guys together initially? I hate I hate those kind of origin stories, but it's fascinating to me. What brought you guys together from all these walks of life to form this one entity? Well, I think um, originally, you know, I had, I had been playing. Um, acoustic like solo acoustic political folk music by myself and touring and, and trying to do that thing and uh it just got to the point where i hate like you know I, it was this like super intense neurosis about standing there in front of people that were either talking or like you're trying to like hold their attention and it's you know, it's really intense like awful thing you know and so i was about to give up on it and i actually met kylie our drummer uh at a house show a punk show and uh like well maybe we should just jam you know so we took originally we just took some of the songs that i had been playing and put the drums to them and it was like oh this is kind of cool um and then we just kind of like added members as they came you know diana was someone that we knew from like the arts community in atlanta and uh, she sang in a different band and we we stole her and then uh 
you know, Dakota, uh, we met at the, the community. We, a lot of it was started around this community art center that uh, uh, called Wonder Root in Atlanta. That, um, that was actually a project I started um, in college. Oh, you started Wonder Root? Yeah. Cool. That's like the only thing I know about Atlanta's music scene <laughs> yeah. is Wonder Root. Yeah, I started that uh, with two friends and uh, built out the venue. And, you know, the idea was to kind of like create a space that I would want to show up to in a foreign city and play, you know what I mean? And, uh, um, you know, but it was, I think there was a lot of energy uh, around that time when that was getting off the ground and we were meeting people like Dakota and, um, you know, a bunch of, and Steve, you know, would come down and we'd play banjo with us. And it was just a, you know, really cool, like, kind of natural synthesis that kind of put us all together, you know. Um, so what is it, do you still, are you still active in the day-to-day runnings of Wonder Root since you don't, you're not there anymore? No, I, uh, I worked there for a couple of years after we, we got going, but, you know, I kind of found that the entrepreneurial part, the, like, startup, the envisioning was, like, the really cool part for me when it came to, like, sitting at a desk and filling out spreadsheets and, you know, we were, we were a nonprofit, so, you know, that whole world kind of caught me off guard, you know, like, schmoozing people for money and, like, you know, dressing up in suits to, like, you know, keep it going wasn't really what I was into, so I moved on from it. Yeah. Cool. Well, you left a wonderful legacy because, like I say, all my buddies play there, like uh, PJ Bond, Cheap Girls. I mean, I could name off even more. And that's like the only place I know of for this kind of music to really be in Atlanta if it's not, um, you know, House of Blues or wherever the hell else. I don't, I don't know where else <laughs> there is. Luckily, we do not have a House of Blues in Atlanta. Yeah. So. I, I, that's all I know. <laughs> um, so you two met when you guys formed the band, kind of, sort of? Or you guys were you guys already together? Because no, like, you guys are engaged, correct? We are engaged. Um, we weren't dating when I joined the band. Um, we met, so some of my other friends that moved to Atlanta from New York started a radical marching band. Hmm. And um, when I played in that together, but I think that I met you the first time. There was a, a punk show that my old band played at... Uh, the 1111 tea house and it got shut down by the cops and Wit gave me his number to tell him where the show was getting moved to and then I, we started hanging out more after that and then he asked if I wanted to sing in the band and then and it was all downhill from <laughs> and there and it was all downhill <laughs> from there I know we were sharing mics a lot of the times so we were like spitting on each other's faces and being real close anyway so might as well make out what are you in uh San Diego? Or San Francisco. San Francisco, sorry. Yeah. I, brain doesn't retain short-term knowledge like that <laughs> like it should. Uh, what, are, what is your scholarship in? Uh, I am studying printmaking at uh, San Francisco Art Institute. Well, congratulations Thank on that. Thank you. Um, so I, I like to talk a lot about the early building blocks of a band, like who, what makes them who they are. And one of the, my biggest obsessions is what are your earliest musical obsessions? Like, what was the first thing that grabbed you, shook you to the core, and said, man, I like music. Let me, let, I want to yeah. eventually make this someday. Well, but, we, I think we all have different uh, things, you know. And, that, and that's and what I, I like about this. Kind of adds to the diversity of what we do. Yeah. What are you into? I, uh, I remember when I was in fourth grade, the, uh, I bought two CDs. My first two CDs I ever bought with my own money were Enema of the State by Blink-182 and Americana by The Offspring. Nice. I've outgrown one of them. I'll let you decide which one it is. Um, <laughs> Uh, not embarrassed by either one. But yeah, I listen to a lot of different stuff. Um, I'm kind of plugged into the Planet X, like, kind of folk punky scene. Um, I listen to a lot of pop punk. Um, 
and re really a lot of anything. I listen to a lot of radio pop too because it's fun yeah. and catchy. Um, but yeah, that, that's it for me. Uh, I, I don't know. When I was in middle school, I was pretty into Blink-182 and like Green Day. AFI was my first favorite band. I was super, super obsessed with them. Um, and then I got into a phase where I was like pretty much only listening to folk music. Um, and then one of my friends, it was like Bob Dylan or Crass. And one <laughs> of my friends was like, hey, you should check out these bands. And he got me... Um, is it Backseat Solidarity by... Or is it Front Seat Solidarity? Front Seat. Front seat so, whatever. I knew I was, was going to choose the wrong one first. But it was this like is a pipe bomb album and a ghost mice. And I was like, whoa, you can play acoustic guitar and be like, Bleh. And I was, I don't know, super into it. Hell yeah. We'd be happy to know I interviewed David Dondero, who was a part of oh, that yeah, on yeah. Yeah. before. So you guys yeah. have part of that. I love David Dondero. Yeah. He's such an interesting, like nice, sweet, awkward kind of guy. He yeah. does. He's like, why? Are, uh, it's cool that you want to ask me questions, but why? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, he's a sweetheart. Yeah, um, he's really. So, how about you? What was your musical Man, obsession? I, <laughs> the <laughs> earliest, okay. the earliest stuff I remember. Like, I remember buying Marky Mark and the Funky Bunches, Walk on the Wild Side, <laughs> had um, Prince, Diamond and Pearls. Uh, had Let's Talk About Sex, which I think was uh, TLC or Salt and Pepper, one of the That's Salt and Pepper. Pepper. Um, yeah. I'm surprised your mom let you get that one. I actually, I actually hid that one. Yeah. Yeah. I used to hide CDs under my bed. Yeah. Um, and one time, my mom found them and flipped, and she confiscated all of them and said, "You weren't raised this way." So my grandma would just rebuy them for me, and I would hide them at her house. <laughs> but uh, you know, I actually I got into punk rock uh, with Green Day uh, and like Dookie era. And uh, me and my friend Ben, uh, who has played in the wild before, um, we, went, we went on this mission to collect every Lookout Records CD. Uh, that was like what I was really into. That was kind of my punk roots. But I was always really into folk music. Um, Dylan, Woody Guthrie, Phil Oaks. Um, but, you know, the other, the other like weird musical thing in my life is that I've always been a super big like Fish fan and Grateful Dead fan. Uh, ever since I was a kid, I've seen like 200 fish shows. Uh, and uh, how, how did you get introdu introduced to like that kind of that that world? I, I don't Parents know. Or I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but Springsteen also is like another one of those things where I'm just totally obsessed. I think it has something to do with just uh, I really enjoy the performance aspect of like of, of rock and roll and music, you know. And uh, I think it's really cool that in the punk world we get to like hang out with our the people that we listen to and like meet all of our idols eventually but having these these bands that are just still like untouchable you know playing to like 40,000 people and just like fucking rocking you know like it's really exciting to me you know yeah so when did you take those obsessions and turn that into playing music was that pretty quickly or did it take some time had you already been playing other instruments when this obsession came about I don't know uh, what originally when I started playing but uh you know, my dad played guitar, and so I remember I would, like, hear him in his room playing, and uh, he eventually ended up teaching me how to play guitar, um, and I inherited some of his old guitars, and, um, you know, I was always, like, always doing, uh, you know, like, for school projects and stuff, always, like, writing little songs or doing little performances, you know, uh, instead of, like, writing papers and things, uh, 
but you know, uh, I mean, from as, as long ago as I can remember, I, I wanted to play music, you know, for, and do that for, you know, a living or for whatever it is, you know, uh, that's what I want to do. You never wanted to be an astronaut or anything? No, man. Cool. No. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> what about you guys? When, how did you guys first pick up music and start playing it? Um, well, when I uh, was getting into middle school, um, we had a really slow... Uh, my school is really tiny, and we had uh, like a tour guide from elementary school. You would take a tour of the middle school and sign up for your classes for the next year. My tour was incredibly slow, and the only slots I could sign up for for my electives were either band or auto shop. And I'm from a very tiny town, and I would have gotten beat up in auto shop. So I signed up for band, started playing trumpet, hated it, but stuck with it. And then eventually I thought my uncle was awesome, and he played guitar, and I wanted to play guitar. And at the age of, like, 13, I started playing guitar, and it kind of stuck. And now here I am playing bass. <laughs> Downgrade. Yeah. It's okay. I play bass. I started with violin. I can't play violin worth a damn, but somehow I became a bass player. You can't play bass worth a damn either. How do you so get there the go. bass player off your porch? How? Tip him for the pizza. That's why I don't like to mention that I pretend to be one every once in a while. Uh, so let's fast forward a little bit. You guys are on tour with Andrew Jackson Jihad. Was that like the first big tour for you guys as a band? Those were probably the biggest shows we had played cool. at that point, for sure. Yeah. So, so on a tour like that, what do you learn about being in a band, You know, being a group of guys together on this adventure? What do you guys learn about each other and how to do it more coherently? Cohesively? Cohesively. Let's go with that word. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I, I mean, I think that we actually learned um, a lot about being a band by not playing big shows first, you know? The uh-huh. fact that we had years of, of playing, you know, to yeah. five people in a basement, <laughs> like, every night for a month, you know, is really, like, when, you know, you kind of learn uh, how to be a band and how yeah. to travel, you know? How, how long it's, How long a time period was it between the beginning and that, those... Those That's AJJ tours, years, huh? or a year and a half, two or three years. That's good. Yeah, and, and having your own space, I'm sure you opened up a lot of shows last minute, huh? Right. Yeah, yeah. that was kind of the deal. Is we made so many friends by booking shows for them in Atlanta that when we did want to go on tour, um, we had re- you know people There's that were willing to re- return the favor. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I think the big difference was when we when we signed with uh, Asian Man Records and. Uh, you know, Mike had us out on the road with, with Andrew Jackson Jihad and, um, you know, eventually like the Queers and, you know, just starting to play bigger shows like through that. Wow. What, what was it like playing with the Queers? Because that's a completely <laughs> different audience. Weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was pretty weird. Um, but the ba- I think the banjo kind of saved us. You know, we were in a lot of really small southern towns. Like, down, yeah. Like yeah. Louisiana yeah, with Ernestos. Yeah, really weird places. But, uh, you know, um, it was cool because in those towns, I think people were coming out because they wanted to see a, like a rock and roll yeah. show. They didn't really care like if it was like a punk show or like a folk punk show or you know whatever. Like you know, they were just pumped, and uh, it was actually pretty fun. Nice. Um, so you guys are a five-piece band. I know it's fairly commonplace, but how do you guys you know navigate that road and come continuously come together, especially now that you guys live so far apart? How do you guys come together, stay on the same page as a band? Well, we, um, before we all kind of split up, we had, we had been like in this really intense period of playing where we were touring a lot and we were writing our, our new album, Dreams or Maps. And, uh, you know, I felt like 
after we finished that, um, everyone, we went to California, Dakota went to Greenville, you know, and uh, we've still been able to tour, like, pretty regularly, um, just by meeting up wherever we can and getting in the bus and doing it. Um, but, you know, I, I really think that, like, what's really important is that every member of the band has a chance to pursue the other things yeah. that they're interested in, you know, in, in life and their other passions, you know. I think that that brings a lot of energy like when we when we do get a chance to play or when we when we want to write you know that a lot of that life experience like is kind of necessary to to like bring it in you know it's like yeah. if, if you're all you're doing is playing in a band it's like what what are you writing about what's you know yeah yeah it's been it's actually been kind of like almost refreshing because now when we get back together it's like so what have you been doing yeah like what's up yeah and you can the, the answer is never, oh, nothing. You know, it's like, oh, I climbed a mountain or I, like, did this crazy art piece that took 10 months and then I spilled coffee on it. Like, anything like that. Not that that actually happened, but hypothetically. Yeah. Wait, um, they will. Yeah. yeah. For me, I got a job at a doggy daycare and I play with dogs all day. Nice. And it's awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, it's always something something interesting. But I am excited. I think eventually we're all going to be back, back in Atlanta or at least around there um, to get back to, like, really just writing and... Cool playing a decent bit yeah i think like i think what we've learned is like you don't you know there's no reason to like fight the flow of you know whatever people are doing and when it's time fight the flow yeah never fight yeah. deep flow and when never it's like fight but when it's when it's like time like it seems like we all end up in the same place and it happens you know yeah I mean? yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah also I whatever think- I feel really lucky that I go to, like, a weird experimental art school where, like, I remember last well, year, <laughs> that's really weird, <laughs> last year, um, I was telling all of my professors that I needed to miss a week of school because um, we were going to the fest in Florida, and I was like, yeah, you know, my band's playing this punk festival, and um, one of my professors was like, oh, really, which one? Is it the fest? And I was like, yeah, have you been there before? And then I had somehow not realized that my letterpress professor was or is the bass player for American Steel and I was like oh hey okay so and yeah one of my critical theory teachers is uh she was in a punk band too and so like they're all pretty supportive and like stoked and okay with me (coughs) missing a week of class to like go do weird stuff Nice. Yeah. Uh, let's fast forward a little bit because I want to kind of wrap this up, and I'm sure you guys don't want to sit down here all night and talking to me. I mean, you can if you want to. We can do it. I mean, you got to drive. You guys are going to Salt Lake City. Yeah. Oh, that's a hell of a drive. Have fun. Um, so let's talk about dreams or maps. Okay. Want to talk? We can about also it? move uh, locations. We can talk. This is fine. Like this is just nice background noise. Okay. I don't mind. Like th- this has got a killer condenser mic on it, so. It, it picks up everything like pretty pretty decently, even when the bands are playing. So, um, so dreams are maps is one of my favorite records of uh, 2013. Thanks, thanks. I, I, I don't really feel it's got it, the love it deserved yet. Like I was expecting it to pop up on more like end of the year top ten lists, but it didn't. But it, it's a grower, not a shower, you know. Um, I, I posted on Facebook like I was like you guys should check this band out, and a lot of people came back. And was like this isn't the kind of stuff I love, but I fucking love it. Um, <laughs> What about your songs makes it such a wide appeal for other people and audiences, I'm trying to say? Well, I think, you know, there was 
like almost three years in between full-length albums for us and it was kind of what we were just talking about that you know i think whatever it was that we all brought to the table to write this record you know was different than when we sat down to write the last one and i think that we felt a little more open as far as like um sounds and experimenting with you know different tones and and you know i think this there's some slower songs you know i think that's a more dynamic record and uh you know i think uh we wrote a lot more of the record um together uh, and kind of like had time to to get it where we wanted it before we recorded it you know we had um, a house with an extra room in atlanta and people we would have a cookout we'd like grill out and then everything just set up practice for hours and um you know i think the other the other thing was that there was like you know this issue like this thing that kind of brought us all together that we wanted to make this um, kind of like musical memorial to our friend that had died you know and i think that was like the really the other the other thing about it was like we have to make this good you know what i mean like if this is if this is what we're you know leaving you know uh, or are saying about this like you know it has to be like you know 100 percent like right you know yeah. um I, i'm gonna get deep a little bit myself uh I, i've lost a little sister a couple years back and i've lost several friends along the way just like random like i had a friend fall asleep one night not knowing she had a heart condition and fell asleep never woke up i'm not trying to bring things down just trying to bring things into context but uh um, and, and that adds like a weird kind of pressure to everything I'm doing. Does that? How did? How did that death of your friend uh, at Anthony uh, affect? I mean, you already said it put, went into the writing of the songs. But does that affect affect you in other ways as well? Yeah, I mean, I think that. Um, I think the other big difference, you know, between like set ourselves free and dreams or maps. Um, as far as the content of it is that it's just like broader you know and maybe mm-hmm. that's why people that don't necessarily like folk punk music can like this album and i think like that is has 100 percent to do with you know experiencing something like that where the songs on set ourselves free were almost like very specific a lot of them were like political in a very like um obvious like way you know mm-hmm. um when you go through something like that that kind of loss and you're you know, processing it which is really what that album is is like us processing and dealing with the grief of, of this thing, you know, um, you start to like look at these issues and, and have these like ideas that are maybe a little more like uh, like conscious based and like a little broader, you know. You start like wondering, you know. Um, also, you're just kind of like, if, you know, like if you if you see someone like that that's so young that's done so good, you know. It's like, man, you have to, you have to like get out there and really like live your life, man. Yeah. You know, it can be gone like that. You know, yeah. so it really like personalizes like this stuff. You know. Yeah. Also, Anthony was totally like the punkest person that I ever met. Like he, I don't know, he was just like he knew the things that he wanted to do and he knew the things he didn't want to do, and he like you know cared about music and people and he worked really hard to like make sure that like good shows were happening in Lexington and you know just that like his friends were being taken care of too and like he wasn't the type to like work a nine to five job and so he did whatever like he needed to do to not do that and to like stay true to whatever he was he was you know wanting to do and I think that that's been like a real driving force too like especially like just knowing him, like, 
it made you want to, you know, live your life the way that you felt was right and not, you know, by any other doctrines or anything. And I mean, after his passing, like, I felt like that was more of a realization to, like, what's really important and what isn't. He never really did anything for, like, personal gain so much. It was always, like, involving his friends. Um, Like, Crucial Fun Fest, that was just so all of his friends would have... It would be his excuse for bringing all his friends together. And it's, it's really weird thinking about losing a friend like that because you see him in the small like the tiniest things like and every time we go to Kentucky you'll go in like a little gas station there's Alien and I immediately think of Anthony because that was his like favorite soft drink and it's just <laughs> things like that or you'll see like just some random object and just immediately it'll bring back this memory but I think with Dreams or Maps we really just want to do something that would make Anthony proud of us and I think that's what we strive to do as a band is to like you know keep going just and make our decisions not like solely based on that, but hopefully something that would I don't know we can all feel good about. Yeah, it's like you know it's like having a ghost with you, and yeah. you you know you know. don't uh, you know sometimes like when you you know you have these stupid little bands you know you asked earlier like what it's like to like learn how to be on the road you know and like you know you have these like stupid little fights and all this stuff that happens you know and it's like sometimes now it's almost like you know I feel this like little voice that's like how fucking trite is this you know what I mean Anthony was our road dog too so whenever like we would bicker he would be like alright guys this is stupid and he would like point out all of it so I mean every tour uh, like it's always thinking like what would Anthony be doing right now and sometimes I feel like he's farting in our van even still. <laughs> Even still. <laughs> so, um, there was another. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about this in the recording of the album. Uh, your producer, Laura Jane Grace, was going through her own journey at the time that you guys are going through this journey. Um, what was it like watching this happen while you guys are on your own journey of your own? Does, does that make sense? I, no, I, I kind of stuttering uh, there. The word vomit. I think that that's like also part of you know that sort of like uh, you know weird energy that you know we were able to maybe get on the album was that we went in in kind of this like state of flux and so did Lara and there was like a lot of energy to be found in that kind of chaos. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that like we we both had something to say. You know what I mean? Which, like, you know, why would you make an album if you didn't? And so it was cool that the person making the album also had, you know, uh, that kind of, like, um, energy, like, to go into the creative process with, you know? And I think that it translates onto it, you know, to the record. Anything? Well, one one of the things I like about it is you talk about the chaos that goes into it, but I find the album is very, like, like... Is for very simple and kind of elegant, like very easy. It's very easy for me to listen to, and like it feels very. I don't know. I don't know if I'm describing it right, but that's the ideas I get. I'm like, oh, I love this. This is very relaxing, even though some of it's upbeat and whatnot. Um, and that still came out of the chaos, so that's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. It was really great working with Laura. Our, all of the other recordings that we had up to that point, we'd you know pretty much like recorded and mixed in a couple days. Um, and with uh, working with Laura, like we sent demos in like way before we recorded, and then you know she sent us feedback, and then we toured for like a few months that summer and played those songs and worked them out so by the time we went to the studio it was like 
it, they'd all all of the songs had already like evolved in such big ways from like the first recordings that we did and she was also like anybody wants to come super at any point don't even fucking think about it just kidding of course Alright? Fuck out of here. Anyone that wants to come on stage tonight, come on stage. I'm gonna play that trumpet. Yeah, alright. Cool. Um, But she was was really, like, uh, patient, and she was like, we should spend, you know, the full seven days just tracking, and, like, spend whatever time mixing, like, on my own, just because, like, I think it's really important that we, like, get all, all the, everything down that we want to, so, I don't know. Why do they turn the lights out out here? It's dumb. <laughs> I don't know, man. They're rocking so hard. Right. The power of the building just like... The power is short. I guess so. Do you guys want to throw anything else in there before I wrap things up about the recording process with Laura Jane Grace? Because um, I know I know you guys get asked about it in every interview. I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to beat a dead horse there. Well, I, I will say like um, one thing that you know was kind of ambiguous. You know, is, is that Laura actually didn't produce the album. She re- oh. she just recorded the album. Oh, my apologies. And so... Well, no, I mean, it, it, it's like a weird little intricacy kind of thing, but, like, um, basically, like, we, you know, like Diana was saying, like, we had a chance to, like, play all of these songs, like, live on tour, which I think is really where you, like, learn how to play your new songs, you know? So, like, by the time we got to the studio, Lara felt like, it was like, we knew we had a vision of exactly what we wanted to make, and so she didn't really feel like she was playing a role as a producer, you know? But it was really neat because it was just the five of us and her, you know, um, and she was doing all the engineering. So, you know, it was this really hands-on, just kind of collaborative uh, the th- thing where she was playing the engineer, you know, and we were doing the music, you know. Cool. Um, and all, all of that being said, um, even in the studio, like, parts did wind up changing, but Laura was always super flexible, like, oh, that sounds pretty cool, let's, let's go with it. And it became, yeah. like, new parts that all of us actually were really satisfied with. And it wasn't necessarily that anybody even planned those parts out. It just kind of happened pretty organically. Like, oh, that was an accident. <coughs> a little serendipity. But, yeah, it was it was a really good experience overall, I think. All right, cool. Uh, so anything else you guys want to add? I guess it's these guys are going to go on. It's going to get loud in here. Um, what's next for you guys? What do you guys got going on for the rest of the year? Well, we're going to finish this tour, and then uh, I think we'll probably be working on writing our new record through the spring. Um, hopefully get, get back together with these dudes in the summer and uh you know see what happens but you know and i and i really do honest to goodness love this new album i think it's gonna grow i think it's gonna be like one of those that like well you know one of the things that we've been learning uh as we've you know i guess become a little bit bigger band is that you know there are these like weird little games that happen in the music industry you know and like Mike Park at Asian Man is like a very DIY guy and, and we decided not to like pay a PR person when the album came out, you know. Just do it ourselves, like let it stand for itself and uh, yeah, that's probably why you don't see a lot of, you know. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's one of those weird things you learn that a lot of a lot of top 10 lists are like PR driven. I don't want to say yeah. paid for, but paid for. Pushed pretty heavily. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, uh, it, for la- last year it was Sundials that was on Asian Man Records yep. snuck up and like why isn't everyone else in love with this this year it's you guys so Thanks, and i and i mean that i hopefully don't sound like too big a kiss ass here so. <laughs> uh, uh all right any any final words from you guys no dude thanks david yeah it was a pleasure it was a pleasure talking with you guys thank you we'll interview you next time Ooh, sounds like fun <laughs>
All right, bye guys. Boxers or briefs? Neither. No. <laughs> well, all right, buddies. Thanks again to Diana, Witt, and Dakota for sitting down, hanging out with us in the uh, basement of the Aggie Theater. Um, again, like, do you get what I'm saying? We got really deep in that interview, but I think if we had been in another room, not with the front bottoms and the You Blew It guys um, hanging out, having a good time as they should in the backstage, I think we could have gotten a little bit deeper and a little bit more uh, introspective with these guys, but hey, I'm super happy with what we got. Super cool, super laid back, super sweet guys. Uh, one of the questions I was going to ask them is, your music sounds and feels so laid back. Are you guys really as laid back as you appear to be on the music? And guess what, buddies? I didn't have to answer that question because they answered it for me because fuck yeah, they are. Super sweet, super nice, lovely, wonderful people. God, I wish them all the success in the world. Please, if you haven't listened to these guys yet, really, every time I post the link to their uh, album online, I get so many people like, this isn't normally the kind of stuff I'm into, but I love it. And I think it's because it's honest, it's real, and it's sincere. So please check out The Wild. Visit mostlyharmlesspodcast.com. I'll have the links to where you can uh, pick up the album for a donation at quote-unquote, or you can pick it up at their band camp or Asian Man Records. I'm going to have all those links online at mostlyharmlesspodcast.com. While you're there, once again, I'm going to ask you to please sign up for Uber. Check it out. It's the black car service that will drive you around like you're a superstar. Because guess what? They drive around the superstar. They drive around the rock stars, the basketball players, uh, the football players, the baseball guys all around town, and they can drive you around too. You can feel like a star. It's great. Just visit uh, mostlyharmlesspodcast.com. Click on the Uber banner. I get a kickback. So basically... I get free rides if you sign up for rides. It's kind of a pyramid scheme of sorts, but we all win in the end because it's great. And you get me to and from concerts for free, so I can interview, so I can focus on interviewing the bands and not, hey, I got to go pay this, I got to save all this money, yada 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 for the cab. I can drink beers. I can get a little tipsy and make an ass out of myself and get really great interviews. So uh, enough about that. And thanks again to Illegal Pete's. Uh, visit IllegalPete's.com for the Illegal Pete's closest to you in Denver or Boulder. Coming soon to Fort Collins. And uh, check out their sound check program. Bring in a same-day ticket to Illegal Pete's. You get a free uh, beverage of your choice with purchase of an adult entree. Thanks again to Illegal Pete's for hanging out, supporting the show, and taking care of us. And if you haven't checked out our live interview at Illegal Pete's with Old Man Mark Lee, please go to YouTube.com right now and search Illegal Pete's Old Man Mark Lee and watch me interview Old Man Mark Lee in front of an audience of about 100 people. It's pretty great. And then they play a killer live show. Man, I've rambled way too much here at the ending. I should have thrown this all at the beginning where everybody skips. Ha <laughs> just kidding. I knew you all listen. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get out of this. Get out of here. Get out of this episode. I'm going to go lay down, uh, try to fight off whatever cold's coming on. I'm going to go lay down on the couch right now and watch a marathon of Gilmore Girls. Because nothing makes me feel better than those beautiful women talking fast. If you're a beautiful woman out there and you talk fast, please give me a holler. Most of the All right, guys. We're going to go ahead and end this episode with another track off Dreams Are Maps, the newest record from The Wild. And again, criminally underrated album of 2013. I mean, it was recorded by Laura Jane Grace. Why was this album not promoted? so much better but we just heard wit say that so you already know so anyway guys uh this is my second favorite song off dreams or maps and oddly enough it is also the second song off dreams or maps this is new houses thanks for listening guys we'll see you in the funny pages
these corporate media giants corrupting our minds and leaving us empty. We have to remember to breathe deep tonight. Cause I cannot stand it for one more second. All of this waiting and wishing and hoping, and all of the forces that leave us dejected. We'll cover our minds and leave us breathless and Yeah.